Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking the death of a legend in the marine industry. There's a lot going on. Big shakeup as the summer begins here in the marine industry. We're going to be talking about that and more. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Hey everybody, good afternoon. Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. It's been a while. Hope everybody's doing well. We are sitting here June 3rd. We're uh, right at the beginning of the summer. Most of you have uh, let out of school by now. If you have been school or hell, with all this crazy COVID stuff going on the last couple of months, a lot of us have been out of school. A lot of the kids have been out of school. So, uh, But normally, school would be letting out right around this time here in the south. Uh, especially in Louisiana, my wife's a teacher and she, she'd be letting out right now, but it's, it's almost like the kids have been out of school, uh, in summer for a couple of months now. So, but it's been a while. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's healthy out there. There's a sure a lot of stuff going on as we enter into June right now, especially in the, the national news. A lot is going on, a lot of negativity, um, you know, and that's stuff that we try to stay you know, informed on, but don't want to focus a lot of time and energy on because there's a lot of good happening out there in the world as well. And specifically in this week's episode, I want to talk about some big news that's come out in the marine industry. Um, I wanted to wait a week or so after the news was released just to kind of get some details on it. As many of you know, I'm in the marine industry. I'm, I'm, I sell boats for a living. I'm in, I'm around different brands. Uh, you know, all the time I kind of have a, a, a you know, an insight as to what goes on in the marine industry. And if you haven't checked out our last episode um, that we did, I invite you to check out our previous podcast that we did last month uh, in regards to purchasing a new boat. If you're in the market for a new boat this year, um, I had some really good information that I put out in that episode um, that you could check out. If you're in the market to buy a new boat, hopefully that'll help you. And for those of you who listened to the last episode, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, if you were, if you purchased the boat since then, and maybe you ca- caught um, our last episode, hopefully some of those tips that I put out in there and what to expect and look for, hopefully that helped you. I hope you made a good buying decision. It's always good to get people out on the water. Um, we're still extremely busy right now. I, the way it's turned out, there, there's basically a shortage of boats out there right now i know we have people that we're scrapping every day to find inventory for to try to get them into a new boat Uh, the pre-owned market is pretty much non-existent at our dealership we usually carry anywhere from 15 to 20 maybe even 30 used boats on hand at a time and right now we 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 hardly have a single boat that's available pre-owned we've been looking out there to try to purchase some pre-owned boats and it's tough to find. They're tough to find really good pre-owned boats right now for us to turn around and sell through our dealership. So business is extremely well. It's still going very well. There's a boom in the boating industry and the marine industry. But the point of this week's episode is that there's been a big shakeup in the marine side. Those of you who are not aware that you may be hearing it for the first time, a legend in the industry is going to be no more. Um, and that legend that I'm talking about is Evan Rood. Evan Rood Motors made an announcement last week that they would no longer be producing outboard motors starting in 2021 models. So um, 
actually they ended the production of of outboards altogether last week. That announcement was made. So what I meant by 2021 is if you are looking or holding out to buy an Evinrude G2 or Evinrude E-Tech motor in 2021 or or in a 2021 model, you will no longer be able you will not be able to make a purchase on a 21. There will not exist. So the last remaining year model for Evinrude, a company who's been around for over 100 years, I think Evinrude's been around 115 years, um, will no longer be in production. And that's that's really saddened a lot of people. That's, that's created a lot of stir on the way this whole situation went down. Um, you know, and, and some people that I talk to, they're not real surprised. You know, me for one, I'm not real surprised. Um, or or I, I say I'm not real surprised. I'm kind of surprised that it was a total shutdown in the announcement the way they did it. Um, you know, to be honest with you, at our dealership, I've been a Mercury dealer and a Yamaha dealer um, the last three years with the dealership that I'm currently with. But years before that, when all those years I was with Cabela's, we were an Evinrude dealer, we were a Mercury dealer, and a Yamaha dealer. And, you know, I sold all three brands, and I saw that the market share with Evinrude was declining. Um, but, you know, when, when they made this announcement last week, the whole, you know, explanation given was that the COVID-19 uh, pandemic that occurred and that we're going through really caused them a hurt you know to hurt the company sales and that they had decided and made a decision that they would no longer produce outboard motors in the marine industry they were going to change their focus and shift their focus toward um you know the the uh, innovation of boating so you know those of you who may not know Ev- evanrude or brp is the the mother company who owns evan the evanrude brand uh, BRP's got their hands. They're a large company. They got their hands on a lot of different things. They own Sea-Doo. They own Alumacraft boats. They went out last year and bought Alumacraft boats. And uh, they, they, they wanted to get into the boating side. And maybe that was a telltale sign looking back at it now that they were, they were shifting, you know, more towards the boating side and maybe not focusing so much on producing outboards. So this decision that came last weekend was announced kind of broke midweek um and i have to be honest with you i, ha- I have a friend of mine who who um was close you know to the Evinrude side of things sold Evinrude for a long time um and like i mentioned we sold Evinrude at, at, at cabela's for years so we had some we had some people that we knew on that side and uh i talked to those people this week and i have to say a lot of these guys that are still part of Evinrude or on pro staff with Evinrude, um they were shocked this was something that caught them off guard. Um, you know, they Evinrude apparently held this information very close to the vest that this was going to happen. Only a select, you know, group of people knew about it. And those of those guys that were on pro staff and on you know uh, service crews with Evinrude, from what I was told and what I'm hearing, they were caught off guard just like the general public was. Um, you know, I listened to an interview that Scott Morton did. Scott Morton, the son of Roland Morton, he's uh he's been a he's been with Evan Rude for over 20 years. He said, you know, and he was caught off guard. Those guys got a call about an hour before the press release broke, and they they were told that um, the same information that the public was told that they would no longer be producing outboard motors moving forward. Um, so you know, 
those guys more than anybody, I would say, are, are going to be affected by this decision that Evan Rude's made, that BRP's made. Uh, because honestly, you know, the, 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 the customer service side of BRP and Evan Rude has always been, I have to hand it to them, that I've always had people say they had good experiences with BRP as far as warranties and warranty claims and stuff like that. For the most part, they had always taken care of them. Um, and from what they're saying, you know, BRP is saying that they're going to continue to do that. So there's a lot of questions. And, I, and, you know, when something like this happens with these big companies, which you see it often in the marine business, um, you know, a lot of rumors fly immediately. There's a lot of information that's not out there uh, readily available to people. But I'll be honest with you, looking at it from the consumer side, the, these companies tend to, to be very brief when they make these decisions. And there's not a whole lot of information that's given which in my opinion is not a good thing they 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 could you know kind of settle some of these customers and some of these naysayers if they would just come out and give a little bit more information they than they tend to give but that's often not the case uh they they, they give these very short press releases release some statements out there and they, they leave people to you know start the rumor mill and that's just how how human nature is but look from a consumer side um you have an you have a lot of questions that you want answered as a, as a loyal customer of Evan Rude and BRP. So, you know, for the last several years, I can tell you firsthand that Evan Rude has been losing market shares. That's one of the, the the big factors. Don't let this whole COVID nineteen thing be the reason and 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 let that excuse that they're using that could be a part of it. And, and I can't sp speak directly for BRP. Cause I'm not a representative of BRP in any form or fashion, but just from what I've seen in the Marine industry, um, they have been losing market share for several years now. And I'm not saying that the technology that they got is bad. I'm not saying that the product they have is bad, but you know, just the numbers don't lie. Market share is not in their favor over the last, you know, I'd say decade in the outboard industry. You look at the three big players in the outboard industry nowadays, you're looking at Mercury, you're looking at Yamaha, and Suzuki's the third big player in the industry now. Um, Suzuki's made a big push, and they've taken over. So the days of OMC with Evan Rude back in the heyday, those days are long gone. You know, For those of you who don't know the history of it, OMC was a company that went bankrupt late 90s, early 2000, 2001, summertime around that time frame. Um, that company ended up going bankrupt and BRP came in and they bought, they bought the Evan Rude brand name and they started producing Evan Rude. They started working on the E-Tex, uh, engines, the, the first generation E-Tex. And they, they, they had a really good, um, you know, game plan as far as making the two stroke outboard a lot better. It was more fuel efficient. It was going to be more powerful, more torque than the previous ones had. Where, where they fell behind was when the four stroke, revolutions began they decided to shift their time and efforts toward two-stroke and stuck with two-stroke they didn't believe that the two-stroke would ever die they thought there would always be a marketplace for the two-stroke outboard in the industry in the marine industry well fast forward and you know when you know whenever that the four strokes started coming out they they looked like they were on to something that they were maybe right about that because the the original four strokes that mercury was putting out and yamaha was putting out your Hondas, your, your Suzuki's, they were much heavier. They had a lot less torque and power than the two strokes had. And, and they were having trouble competing and, and shifting that, that new technology 
um, you know, toward the four-stroke technology. But I have to say that over the decade, you know, four-stroke technology has made leaps and bounds advances over what they were when they first came out. That technology has improved tremendously. You have four strokes now that are lighter, they're stronger, they have more torque, they're better on fuel. They're, you know, these fuel-injected engines that you got now, they're just much, much more efficient. They're cleaner for the environment, they're better with EPA standards. The governments are shift, you know, are, are rewarding these companies for going four stroke. They're, they burn cleaner, so they get tax breaks. They get they get that type of stuff. They want that technology to go that route. And all these companies, such as Mercury and Suzuki and Evinrude and Honda and whoever else is out there producing them, has embraced that. They've embraced the four stroke technology, and everybody is now four stroke technology except in 2020 for Evinrude. They were the last remaining two-stroke company. That's a major. That's a major name that's out there in the industry, and all that combined has hurt Evinrude over the long term. Because now, you know, in order for a dealer to become an Evinrude dealer, they have to have their own licensing, their own software, their own, you know, um, computer programs to be able to operate the BRP and the Evinrude software, and you know. When I was at Cabela's, that, that stuff was expensive. It's very expensive to update that software when you're only, you know, you're getting technicians trained, sending them to school to get trained as a dealer, and you're purchasing software updates to keep up to date with all the current updates and new motors that are coming out and the new technology. But at the same time, you may be only turning out X amount of motors at that dealership as compared to Mercury, as compared to Yamaha. So it, it wasn't very cost efficient as a dealer to be an Evinrude dealer unless maybe they were only an Evinrude dealer. You know, you see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of factors out there that have hurt their market share. And over the, the last decade, that's what you've seen. You know, here in South Louisiana, or, you know, it's hard to give away an Evinrude. If I had a, if I had a Ranger boat sitting on my floor with an Evinrude, and then one with a Mercury and one with a Yamaha, I can guarantee you that Evinrude was the last one sold. They got guys on the used market that'll buy an Evinrude and then they turn around and they try to sell it. And it'll sit on the used market for weeks longer than a Mercury or a Yamaha will. Now, does that mean that that motor's any worse than the other two? Well, people have their opinions of that. Some are going to say, hell yeah, it is. Mercury makes a superior engine. Yamaha makes a superior engine. And that all boils down to people's experiences, past experiences that they've had. That boils down to people's opinions. But look, let's be honest. At the end of the day, all these companies are producing, in, in the year 2020, all these companies are producing good engines, pretty much. You know, yeah, you're going to get your bad ones. You're going to have lemons. You're going to have some that are better than others. But they all make a pretty reliable engine. So what did Evan Rude try to do to get back some of that market share? Well, over the last several years, if you went to look at buying a new outboard engine, you really had to give Evan Rude a look unless you were just dead set against buying one. If you had been burned before by the bankruptcy of OMC, <clears throat> which is what I think led a lot of people here in Louisiana to, to kind of banish off the, uh, the Evan Rude name, I think that had a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Because when OMC went bankrupt in the early 2000s and BRP came in and bought the name, a lot of people who had purchased those those Fick engine Evinrudes and the, those engines that were known for giving trouble, 
they got left with motors that were having repair issues. They needed repairs done to them, and the company had went bankrupt. There was nobody to service them without paying out of pocket for it. Uh, you know, BRP was purchasing Evinrude name, and you know they didn't they didn't feel like they were liable for all these mishaps that Evinrude had ran the company into the ground. You know, before with these motors and rushed these fake motors to market before they were ready to go to the market. They were trying to you know get them out there as quickly as possible on the technology, but it wasn't ready. And a lot of people got stuck with motors they had purchased brand new that they were coming out of pocket to have to repair because the warranties weren't being covered by a company, OMC, that had went bankrupt. And that that's a pretty pretty messed up situation, you have to admit. So that left a lot of a lot of horse feelings and a lot of bad taste in people's mouths. You know, across the country, but from a from a Louisiana standpoint, South Louisiana was a heavy Evinrude, uh, you know, concentration at one time. And when that all went down, that left a bad taste in people's mouths, and they swore off Evinrude. And I think that really, in, in Louisiana and South Louisiana specifically, that had a lot to do when, you know, BRP came in and Evinrude continued on in the BRP with the E-Tech and the G2s. That people never ever gave them a chance again, and that's that's an honest take on it. You know, I'm gonna keep it real. That that's that's what happened, in my opinion. You know, on top of that, the technology from four stroke or from two stroke to four stroke shifted, like we talked about. You know, a lot of people like the two stroke, but it's hard to it's hard to argue with four stroke technology. Less fuel consumption means you know better mileage on the water more time on the water less time in the pumps you know oil oil has was getting crazy you know forty dollars for a gallon of oil brp oil or mercury optimax two-stroke oil a few years ago before mercury went uh, four stroke i mean it, that's just that's just plain ridiculous you know forty dollars for a gallon of oil what so compared to a four-stroke where you do a yearly service all change service on your motor once a year you know, you're not constantly dropping $40 every time you have to buy oil. So it just makes a lot of sense going four-stroke, and Evan Rude never really jumped on that on that, on that that train to go four-stroke. So I think a lot of that hurt them in the long run, you know. The G, you know, what's my opinions on the on the E-Tex and the, and the, and the uh, G2s? You know, I always laughed at Evan Rude when they came out with the E-Tech, BRP was announcing no scheduled maintenance on a, on this motor for three years, I think is what they said. And, and boy, I remember seeing those commercials with that American flag on that first generation of E-Tex when I was a little bit younger. And, and they advertised no scheduled maintenance for three years. We're the only brand that there's no scheduled maintenance for three years. Well, folks, let me tell you something. Would you, or let me ask you something. Would you buy a car or a truck, those of you who are listening to this podcast, and not change your oil for three years or do any kind of maintenance or service on your vehicle for three or three or four years? I don't think so. And they can say what they want, but it's a machine. And it's a machine that runs high RPMs, an outboard motor is. It's a machine that a lot of people put through hell. So, you know, no scheduled maintenance for three years. I always thought that was an absolute joke. I really did, you know, and I thought that was kind of you know i always thought that was kind of a slap in the face that evan rude and you know brp would would promote that and promote that and, and there were people that fell for it i'm not gonna lie and those of you who fell for it you know what maybe you didn't know any better you know 
But just from a common sense standpoint, think about that. Would you buy a brand new Chevy or Ford or Toyota truck and not change the oil for three to four years because the, the, the manufacturer told you you don't need maintenance on it for three or four years? Hell no, you wouldn't. And let's be honest, you would, you know? So, you know, I, I just, I thought that was always something that was kind of a, a joke, you know, like I mentioned, but that's what they promoted. So they were promoting that, you know, uh, when they first came out. Now, the last several years, like I said, if you were in the market for a new outboard and you hadn't completely ridden off Evinrude, then it, they're a brand you almost had to take a look at. Why did you have to take a look at them? Because, guys, they were offering 10 years of warranty on an outboard motor. They were the only ones in the industry doing that. The only one I could think of that I know offhand that was anything close was Suzuki. Suzuki, Suzuki would run six years on promotions. Six years of, of, of extended coverage, of total coverage on the motor, if you bought a new motor with them. So Evinrude was adding four years to that, which is freaking ridiculous. You have to look at it. If you're in the market for a new outboard and you can go buy a Mercury, a Yamaha, a Suzuki, a Honda, whatever the other brand is, brand X is, and they come with three-year standard warranty, then you almost have to look at Suzuki and you had to look at Evinrude. And, and 10 years of warranty is pretty appealing to somebody who's on the water all the time. Or even maybe a first-time boat owner who, who's worried to death he... He's coming out of buying, you know, used boats his whole life because he's had nothing but breakdowns. And he wants to purchase a new outboard motor, something that's reliable because he's sick of booting a bill out for a used boat that he has to keep in the shop repairing. So, yeah, if you that guy and you went out and you bought an Evinrude, I can't say I blame you because 10 years is pretty freaking amazing of a warranty to be able to get. But... Like with all things, with all good things that seem too good to be true, there was a lot more that went into those warranties. I heard stories of people saying that, you know, BRP wouldn't cover that certain things. And, and look, I see that with Mercury. I see that with Yamaha. People absolutely try to neglect these things sometimes, and then they want to want to say, well, it's got five years of coverage. It's got five years of warranty. Yeah, but not if you're soaking up trash bags with it or you're running it through a foot of water where you, you, you're peeling all the paint off of your skeg and you're damaging your lower unit, that's not a warranty issue. That's a that's an insurance claim because, you, you know, you're being rough on your equipment. But we'll have customers try to argue that with us all the time. And, and they, then they don't they don't get support from the company, the outboard company, and they want to go online and badmouth them. Well, you know what? Maybe you're just an idiot. And, and maybe, and I'm not saying... Any of our listeners are idiots, of course. That's not what I would ever say. But if if you're that customer who's acting like that, then I'm just going to call it what it is. That's what you are. You're an idiot if you're acting like that. If you think you're going to go out there and damage your outboard or your boat, and they're going to cover it under warranty and it, because it has a five-year warranty on it, then no, they're not going to cover it. That's not that's not a manufacturer's defect. That's a that's a a problem between the ears defect is what that is. That's a human defect at that point. But there were stuff that was questionable that I heard Evan Rude, you know, customers say, hey, they didn't cover this, you know, under that warranty. Or, oh, the warranty that was extended didn't cover like it was the original three-year warranty. You know, it did, I had to pay a, a deductible or a portion of it. 
So just because it was a 10-year warranty don't mean it was it, it was a full coverage 10-year warranty in some cases. But look, guys, 10 years of warranty, you had to seriously take a look at them. And why were they doing that? Well, hell, Evanrude was trying to get some of that market share back is what they were doing. They were saying, hey, we got to get more Evanrude E-Techs out on the water. We got we to gotta try to get some of this market share back. Well, the problem was is that from, you know, the repairs that were going on throughout the shops, the lack of dealerships wanting to pick them up because of the high cost of software and the high cost of trained technicians, they were losing dealerships, which automatically equated to lower sales because if you don't have the dealers pushing the motors, then you're not going to sell as many as the other brands. It just That's common math. It just makes common sense. You know? So loss of dealers equated to loss of sales. On top of that, I've, I personally, just this is just my opinion, but when I worked at Cabela's and we sold Evan Root, I, I always felt like there was a quality control issue with them. I always felt that you could, you know, you could get one that you would sell to a guy, and and he lo absolutely loved it. Best motor you ever ran, strong, fuel efficient, powerful. Just, I mean, the whole the whole nine yards. It was great. But then I'd sell two more after that, and they had issues immediately. I can recall a situation where there was a guy that came in to purchase a Ranger bass boat with us, and he was really wanting a, a Yamaha at the time. It was when the SHO came out, and we didn't have that specific Ranger in stock. We had sold it that he had came back to look at and purchase. And I told him the time frame it was to order the boat. If we ordered him one with a Yamaha, he was looking at anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks through Ranger for building delivery time to us as a dealer. And the guy said, I really don't want to wait on it, you know, which most people don't. If you're in the market for one and you want it now, you don't want to wait 10 to 12 weeks. But unfortunately, in our industry, that's how it is sometimes, you know. So... He went out there and he said, okay, I'll go ahead and I'll order the boat, which he did it about two days past. Hadn't even got the order in the system. He calls me back. He says, Hey, he says, look, I really, I thought about it. I really don't want to wait. He says, uh, you have one on your sales floor with an Evanrude 250 HO high output version Evanrude. He said, I would love to, uh, see if you can make me a deal on that one because I know y'all not moving those Evanrudes as much as, as, as the other ones are. And, and you know what? He was right. So, we had been sitting on that specific boat with a with an Evinrude HO 250 on it. It just wasn't settling like the other ones were. And we had been sitting on that one. It was a non-current. And I said, okay, we can make you a deal on that one. But I said, look, man, I have to be honest with you. He asked my opinion. He I didn't just come out and say this. He asked my opinion. He said, what do you honestly think about the, the Evinrude HO? And I said, well, you know, you could get a good one and you could get you could get a bad one. I said, it's like with any brand. I said, but I do see it more often with Evinrude. I said, they've had lower unit issues. They've had some powerhead issues on these. And at the time, they were. We had seen that occur. And he said, well, I appreciate you telling me that, but I don't want to wait. I'm going to get it. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm sure. They were, I think they were running an eight-year warranty at the time. Well, he went ahead. He made that purchase. And, guys, within the first couple of months of him owning that boat, he had three powerheads replaced three power heads replaced on a brand new engine that he had just bought within a couple of months. And this guy was a, was a guy who took care of his equipment. He had maintenance his previous boat with us at the dealership. 
you know, throughout the years was particular. He was, he was what I would call a particular customer. He took care of his stuff. He spent the money, the maintenance of the way it needed to be maintenance. But when it came time, his impatience ended up screwing him in the long run on that purchase he made with that, that Evinrude motor. And like I said, I don't want to make it sound like that was all the time because it wasn't. I'd get, I'd sell some Evinrudes that on, on, on a couple of boats, you know, and I had customers that absolutely loved them, you know, and, and, and I'm talking, when I'm talking about these specific experiences I had, this was Gen 1s. This, this wasn't the G2s. So you fast forward to a couple of years ago, they came out with the G2s. And, and I have to say, I ran that boat. I, I was up at Ranger in Flippin' Arkansas when they hung one of the first G2s on their boats. It was at our dealer meeting. We went down to Bull Shoals Lake and we were demoing the new Ranger models. They had the Z520 21L is what it was and they had a g2 a big beautiful g2 red g2 hanging on the back of it and i said i don't want to drive that specific boat with that motor and i ran that boat and i was i was impressed i have to say i was very very impressed with that g2 motor um they it was one with all the bells and whistles it had the you know electronic foot control um it wasn't a hot foot like it used to in most of our boats that we have now um and I was just, I was blown away. It was quiet. It was fuel, fuel efficient from what I could see, what the digital readout was telling me. And it had torque and power. It was, it was excellent. It really was. And I came back when I got back to the dealership and I said, man, I said, uh, you know, I said, I don't know about these, these, these new avenues. I said, we're going to see what time will tell. But I said, I have to say the technology seems to be pretty impressive. Now everybody, I remember they were they were saying they ugly as hell. It looked like a, my first impression of the Evinrude G2 when I saw it on that Ranger boat. To me, it looked like a giant ass golf bag hanging on the back of that boat. Is what I thought. But I'll be honest, over time it kind of grew on me, and uh, you know I kind of ended up liking the way they looked. But same thing with the, with the Mercury Pro XS now, the V8 that's out, the Pro XS four stroke. They they got a different look, and it's just you know it's not the traditional look anymore. Things are changing. They're getting more futuristic looking. They're looking different nowadays, you know? And uh, it, it's just, you know, it takes time for people to get used to that and adjust it to the way they look. But that's how the Evinrude G2 was. It was it was kind of ahead of its time over the Mercury's and the Yamaha's and the other ones, you know? But with all this news going down last week and, and, and them, you know, deciding to hang it up in the outboard side of things... It left a lot of questions. A lot of people are, are in awe right now over it, especially your Evinrude customers. Those of you who went out and bought a brand new Evinrude motor because it had fantastic warranty or because you just thought after your research that it was the best choice for you and that it, it was, it was the best motor on the market. That's, that's ultimately that's what it boils down to. How good of a deal can I get on it? How much warranty can I get for the best deal? Is it, is it? you know, a solid boat that's going to fit my needs. And I just want something that's solid. And I don't have to keep in the shop. So if those boxes are checkmarked in your shopping list and you purchase that Evinrude G2 or E-Tech first generation, then you know what? Good for you. You made a decision that you thought would be a great thing. So now fast forward to this decision being announced. A lot of people have questions. If you're an Evinrude owner, what, what are you going to be doing? What happens if you have a problem with your motor? How's it going to affect your resale value? There's a lot of legitimate questions that people are asking right now. And I have to say, 
I have to say that's very, very good questions. That's legitimate questions, you know. But from what, what I'm hearing is that, you know, Evan Root is telling everybody that they are going to support their customers, which they rightfully should. And, and this is different than the OMC situation that went down in early 2000s, late 90s. This isn't a bankrupt company by any means. BRP's a financially stable company. This is just a division of their company that they have decided to cease operations on and production on. But by no means are they, they bankrupt in financial trouble. They're a very strong company from what I understand and what, what they're reporting. So, you know, they're saying, hey, we, if you purchased an Evinrude E-Tech engine from us and you're a customer of ours, you're a customer of ours for the life of that engine. So, you know, if you're out there and you're wondering, hey, man, I just bought a G2 in 2020 and I have 10 years of warranty on this thing, you know, Am I going to be covered? Then from what everything that indicates what they're saying is, yes, you're going to be covered. Dealers are going to continue to service you. They're going to warranty any problems that, that are out there that they have um, or that you have as, as a purchaser. And they're going to, you're going to continue to be able to get parts for the life of these engines. So, you know, I saw people very angry that had purchased Evan Rude saying online, well, do you mean to tell me in 20 years from now, I'm going to still be able to get parts for my, my Evan Rude? Well, guys, you know, you look at Johnson and you look at Evan Rude, the original two strokes that OMC produced, you could still get parts nowadays for those engines. And it's been 20 plus years since, you know, we're, we're right at about 20, 21, 22 years since they went bankrupt and, and, and seized production of Johnson. You know, and you can still get Johnson parts nowadays. So, you know, I think I think those of you who are worried about getting parts and stuff like that, I think you're going to be perfectly fine, to be honest with you. Where I do think it's going to hurt people is on resale value. Look, let's just be honest. Let's recap on this. They were hard to move. You know, they didn't have a big market share as big as they once did when they were in production. Now you take them out of production and... It's going to hurt those of you probably most likely, more than likely, on resale of these engines if you're trying to resell them and get out of them and get into maybe a Mercury or a Yamaha or a Suzuki or whatever other brand that you're looking at maybe swapping to. It'll probably, you could probably expect to take a hit on it. I know as a dealership, if a customer, I had a customer come in today and he was talking about trading in a bass boat and I said, what engine's on it? And, and he told me, he said, it's a Mercury. He said, why? He said, why'd you ask what engine? I said, well, first of all, we're a dealer and you're looking at trading. I'm going to ask you what engine. But I said, I told the guy, sure enough, I said, if it was an Evinrude, I, we wouldn't be interested in it. I wouldn't even look at it because it's not something that we have access to work on very easily. We don't have that software. We don't have a trained technician to work on it. And if I can't get one of my technicians to work on a product that I sell, then I really don't want to spend a bunch of money on it, on purchasing it from you or, you know, allowing a trade-in when I can't even service it to somebody that I resell it to. So I think you're going to see the resale value market that's going to hit you hard as an Evan Rude customer right now when you do go to resell it. Hopefully that is not the situation. I, I hope every one of you who have purchased this, you know, this, this motor and this brand, I hope you get the most you can out of it. I really do. I hope everybody does. And that's a, that would be for any brand out there, you know, but I just don't see it necessarily playing out that way, you know?
It just doesn't make sense for for you to carry higher resale value on a motor that's no longer in production. You know, um, you know. Another thing that I was thinking about is the dealerships. How many dealerships are going to be remain Avenue dealerships and want to, you know, get this expensive software and want to, you know, train these technicians to continue to work on these motors um, when they're they're no longer in production? You know, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So that's a question I have. You know, but. Who knows? The only time will tell. The future will kind of see how this all rolls out. Um, but you know, there's a lot of questions that are being asked, and there's a lot of a lot of legitimate questions being asked. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was talking about Scott Morton. I had saw an interview he did, a video he did. Um, you know, these guys who are on pro staff with Evan Rude. You got guys like Scott Morton, Larry Nixon. Um, a lot of FLW guys were with Evan Rude. Um, you know, for many, many years, Denny Brower, been an Evanrude advocate and and pro staffer for many years. They've been loyal to that brand. Even when they were with OMC, they were loyal to them. When BRP bought them, BRP stepped up to the plate and backed their careers, and they, in return, you know, supported BRP and Evanrude. Uh, those guys were let know about the situation last week, supposedly. And, and this could be a rumor, but an hour or so before the press release was released out. So they were caught off guard. Um, you know, they, they did announce, BRP in that announcement, uh, there was an X amount of employees that were immediately let go. I think it was 600-some jobs. So if you're in a BRP employee or an Avenue employee, I, I truly feel for you right now. And the, the way this country is, Right now, you know, a lot of people with this COVID-19 situation have lost jobs, or at least they're saying that they've lost jobs. The media keeps telling us they're losing jobs. I don't see it on my side in the marine industry. I can tell you that. There's a lot of people who aren't at work, physically at work, but they're working from home. They haven't lost their jobs. So I don't know. Maybe time will tell on that if that's true or if that's just another thing that the media is blown out of proportion. Who knows? You know, I know it does go on, and I know it's going on. But is it as bad as they're saying? Who knows? We're not sure. But for those of you Evanrood employees who lost your jobs as a result of this, I truly feel for you. And, and, and I'm praying for you. Um, I hope you get back on your feet as soon as possible. Um, and like Scott Morton mentioned in his, in his take on it, um, there's a lot of good technicians out there that work for BRP. And he would know firsthand. That guy has been with Evanrood for years. He's been out there for many years. He knows those service crews. He knows the talent that those guys have. But he said, you know, this is opportunity for other companies such as Mercury and Yamaha and Suzuki to maybe pick up some fantastic employees and make those crews even better than they are. Add to their teams. So hopefully you you guys who are with Evanrude and BR were with, were with Evanrude and got laid off, hopefully you find jobs quickly. I'm sure you will. I hope you do. I really do. You know, we need to have you back at work. We need your expertise in the industry. We need it. We, it's something that we have to have. We have to have good people. But like I said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to end this week's episode. There's a, I know we've talked about a lot of information here and there's some stuff that we can maybe even do a part two of this, of this discussion on. As this uh, story unravels, but so far, that's what we've heard. That's the way it went down. That's kind of a history on what I've known about the Evanrude brand. 
uh, since it's been, you know, purchased by BRP over the years. And, uh, and, and just some of the experiences that I've had as an Evinrude dealer and, and selling Evinrude over the years. So I hope, I hope all of y'all have enjoyed this episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we, we sincerely thank you. Um, we love doing this as a, as a freelance operation. It's not, we're not in it to make money. We just enjoy talking outdoors, um, especially the great state of Louisiana. Uh, we love promoting our state, but we want to talk about waterfowl hunting. We want to talk about fishing. We want to hear your stories and we want to connect with other people. We love connecting with other people and keeping it positive. So we appreciate you tuning in to this podcast, uh, that every time we put up a new episode, we get feedback on it. We get people that, that contact us. We see people hopping on our social media pages on Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on, we're on YouTube. We have videos out there for you. We, uh, we, we try to keep on social media as much as possible. Um, even though we're a, a waterfowl and a hunting community, that's what we were founded on. We're, we're outdoorsmen. We're enthu- outdoor enthusiasts. We love fishing in the off season. And we, we talk about that type of stuff. We, uh, you know, I'm in the Marine industry and outdoor industry. I love talking about that stuff. So you never know what you're going to get when you tune in with, to our podcast and our shows. So we invite you to hop on social media, check us out on Facebook, YouTube. We're on Instagram. Uh, we even on TikTok. My son got me on TikTok. My oldest son, Jackson, he got us on TikTok. We slowly starting to get into the TikTok and stuff. So we're out there on social media. We invite you to join us. But more importantly, we thank you for, for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, we thank you for sharing our episodes with your friends if you enjoy listening to us. And we just want to we just want to say that we're praying for everybody out there in the world right now. There's a lot going on. And like we end every show, we want to tell you that we love you. We 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 cherish each one of our friends, you know, that, that listen to our shows and, and follow us and that we, uh, that we hunt and fish with in real life. And, and let's just start treating it. We, we really need to start treating each other with respect. We need to go back to the old days of, of having some morals. There, there's a lack of that out there nowadays, but let's just treat other people. Like we, let's keep it simple. Like the golden rule says, treat other people like we'd want to be treated. And we're gonna be we're gonna be a much better place, guys. Let's keep everybody. Let's keep our children in the outdoors. Let's keep them in churches. You know, let's 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 keep let's keep them on a positive track, and we're all gonna end up in a good place. So, guys, thank y'all for joining in on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Until next time, we'll see y'all in the outdoors. This is Jacob signing off. Everybody have a good evening.